Aloha, brothers and sisters throughout Hawaii. Great to be able to be together to worship God today. And if you're joining us uh, from different places, welcome as well. I'm Anthony Galang, and this is my beautiful wife, Son. And I want to say I am grateful to be quarantined with her. Aloha, everyone. So grateful to be able to worship together as family. The Bible says in Psalm 133, verse 1, how wonderful, how pleasing it is when God's people all come together as one. Thank you for joining us today. We are so happy to worship with brothers and sisters from all over our islands. Let's bow together and have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you and worship this morning. The world that we're living in right now is going through crazy and chaotic times. And even for some of us, God, we may feel the stress and the pressures of life coming down on us. And Father, when everything is stripped away from our life, what's most important is to be anchored and grounded on you. We need you, God. We, we beg you for help. We beg you for guidance. We beg you for comfort and support and peace, the peace that only you can give. And so Father, today as we glorify your name, as we talk about you, as we fellowship amongst each other, as we listen to your word, I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit encourages us and builds us up and spurs us on to be the people that we need to be for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, if you're new to the fellowship, thank you for being a part of this worship service today. And could you do me a favor at the end of our time, if you wouldn't mind just taking a few moments to, to fill out our digital connection card that you'll find below the, the YouTube channel. It's a way for us to connect, uh, to reach out. You know, normally we meet in a physical building, but in this day and age, we're doing everything online. And so please reach out to us so that we can support you in any way uh, that we possibly can. Amen. Thank you. I want to give some, some uh, shout outs and some thanks uh, before we continue. I want to say thank you to Nick Galang and him orchestrating our virtual choir. So great to see our brothers and sisters uh, representing the different churches here in our state. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Darren Yamamoto uh, from Maui who put together our video montage. I hope you enjoyed uh, the pictures and the scenery. It really triggers a lot of great memories for all of us as we see so many different lives being transformed uh, throughout the years. So thank you. For the rest of our time, we're going to uh, hear from two disciples as they share part of their story. And then we're also gonna be able to hear from Gary and Christy Robertson from the Big Island, and then also Kent and Heather McKean from uh, the Maui Christian Church. And our theme today our worship service is called Together. Together. We need to be together. We need uh, fellowship. Uh, I know we're not meeting physically right now as congregations, but we're going through this pandemic together. We need to be together with God. We need to be, get, we need to be together to support one another, to uh, help be with each other and stick together. Uh, absolutely. And we're going to be focusing on a passage that's found in a New Testament book called Ephesians. And in chapter 2, we're going to be looking at different thoughts there and focusing our attention in those writings. But in Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul 
repeatedly used this word, one. He used this one word, one, to be able to demonstrate what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. Let me point out a few verses in this chapter. Chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says that Jesus is our peace, and he made two, one. In verse 15, the scriptures say his purpose was to create one new man out of the two, thus making peace. In verse 16, the scriptures say in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. And then lastly, in verse 18, the Bible talks about how through Christ, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. And, and what is the Apostle Paul talking about? He's talking about how the Jews and the non-Jews, known as the Gentiles, now all have the same access and privileges of God. It's all because of what Jesus Christ has done. I hope we understand this. And it, it, this wasn't the way it was for thousands of years. Jesus has removed and eliminated the barriers of, of uh, discrimination, of religious division, of, of hatred and anger between two different nations and races and people. He has now removed it. He's removed those walls of hostility and that spiritual distancing, not just social distancing, but spiritual distancing and division has now been removed all because of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. And for them back then, this was a new, a new form of teaching, a new type of understanding. But for us today, it's the same. If we're not Jewish, then we're Gentiles. And we now have the same access. God, through Jesus Christ, has given us the same privileges and rights through Jesus Christ to be together with God. This is phenomenal, brothers and sisters. It's amazing. And look what Paul says in verse 19 and 20. I want you to sit up, okay? Sit up and, and, and read this scripture with me. Let's embrace it in our hearts and in our minds. Look what he says in verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You see what Paul is saying here? He's talking about how the Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners with God. It's amazing. That word stranger means being an outsider, someone who doesn't belong. And this is where the Gentiles saw themselves. And that's how the Jews saw themselves in the midst of relationship to even the Gentiles. But before we were Christians before we got saved. This is exactly where we stood in spiritual status with God. We didn't belong. We were outsiders. We were apart from his nation. We were apart from his family. And at some point for many of us, it took personal responsibility to make sure that we were right with God. We studied the Bible. We learned about what sin was. We repented of our sin. We declared Jesus Lord, and then we got baptized into Christ, and we responded biblically to the, the saving message of God. And it was a personal responsibility. We need to make sure that we were part of God's 
family. But thanks to Jesus Christ, as the Bible talks about, we are now part of God's nation, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We're part of his kingdom. We're part of his family. We're part of his household. And we need to be thankful for so many things. Hey, say yes. Say yes if you're grateful for salvation. Say yes if you're grateful for forgiveness of sins in your life. Say yes if you're grateful for eternal life and the future that we have in God. Okay, I think I could hear some of you. But we have so much to be grateful for, brothers and sisters. We do. We have a lot to be grateful for, and it's all because of Jesus Christ. We're all brothers and sisters in the same family. No matter what race, no matter what skin color, no matter what country we come from, no matter what language we speak, we are all made in God's image. That's what the Bible teaches us. That's the God that we serve. I need to say something. With everything that's gone on this last week in our nation and what's happening in our world today with racial discrimination and the killing of unarmed individuals, it's, it's been, honestly, it's been sickening. It's been, it's been bothersome. It's been horrific. It has been incredibly sad. And I don't, I don't know how your heart has processed all this. I don't know how you felt about what's happened in our world on top of the pandemic, on top of COVID-19. But seeing where the world is spiraling out of control, I don't know where your heart is at. But sadly, humans treating each other with, with anger or hatred or disrespect or, or any of these types of things. This has been going on since the beginning of mankind. And honestly, my heart, for in order for my heart to kind of make sense of what's happened in in our world and even what's happening today I hear the words of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross Father forgive them for they do not know what they're doing I mean isn't that the truth guys because of sin we don't know what we're doing sin out of control takes over and the Bible tells us that our enemy is not flesh and blood but it's against the the powers, the authorities, the, the rulers of this dark world. It's against the evil forces and spiritual forces of evil. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. The Bible tells us that it's, it's sin. Sin and, and, and the forces of evil that work through our lives, that work throughout mankind, that is, that is manifesting itself. And this is what is happening in our world today. And guys, there's no government, there's no, there's no country, there's no leader, there's no man, there's no system that's going to ultimately take care of all what's happening in this world today. The only hope that you and I have is Jesus Christ. He is the only hope that we have in this world. 
And I believe that God is trying to funnel everyone and attract everyone to Jesus Christ to get their life right with him, to be saved, to be a, a light to this world, and to bring a different message to a dark and lost people. Jesus Christ is our only hope. And the Bible talks about how he's the chief cornerstone. He is, he is the rock of all rocks. All other stone and, and, and rocks are, are built and depend on this cornerstone. Without Jesus Christ, there is no church. There is no hope. But with Jesus Christ, the Bible describes that we are a spiritual temple, a spiritual building that can help change this entire world. Jesus is our hope. And together in Christ, he holds everything together for us. What we need in our world today are people who love, love one another and demonstrate those things. What the world needs today, we need compassion. We need kindness. We need peace. We need, we need people who will care about each other regardless of where we come from or what, what, what differences we have. We need to learn to, to not hate our differences, but we need to learn to embrace uh, the things that we can learn from one another. That's how God has made us. He is the maker of our very being. And in the midst of this chaos and the pandemic and COVID-19, brothers and sisters, we need to be a light to this world. I mean, raise your hand if you can love, if you can bring peace, if you can be kind to your neighbor, if you can bring compassion and empathy to others, raise your hand. And I hope you have because I can do it. You can do it. We can do it to our best of abilities with God's strength. We can do this. But it's all because of Jesus Christ who has brought us all together and he's made the difference in our lives. As I close, I want us to remember, number one, who we, who we belong to. Jesus bled for our souls. He bought us at a price. Remember who you belong to. Remember who you are. If you've been baptized and you're living a born-again life, you're living a new life. We're not living for this world. We're living for Him. And that's what I want you to remember, who you serve. We serve God Almighty, the creator of our very being, meant to live for Him. And this is all possible because of Jesus Christ. He has brought us together. He has brought us together to stand firm here in the state of Hawaii and wherever we might be. He has brought us together to be with the Lord. Amen. I'm grateful that we could worship this morning together because of Jesus Christ. At this time, let's hear from Alice Camaro from the Big Island. Hi, this is Alice Camaro coming to you from the Big Island Church of Christ. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you today. One of my ongoing struggles for a long time is fear. Uh, fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of failure. Uh, so when this all started, COVID-19 started, my first reaction was to bring the kids back from the mainland, stock up on toilet paper, rice, and spam, take a leave of absence, and just hunker down in my home. 
Uh, luckily for me, my husband is much more rational and he said, why don't we just keep doing what we're doing and see how things go. I am a speech pathologist and I work at Queens North Hawaii Community Hospital here in Waimea. And one of the areas that we assess and treat as a speech pathologist is patients' ability to swallow safely. So again, when COVID-19 first came out, some of the symptoms were just fever and um, respiratory problems. So I thought, okay, I can work in the hospital and I probably won't need to see those patients. I'll just stay out of their rooms. But as it continued, we realized the respiratory problems became worse and patients were needed to be put on ventilators for extended period, for days and even weeks. And so one of the outcomes from patients being on ventilators for extended times is that they often have difficulty swallowing and aren't able to swallow safely once they're off of them. So then the fear started kicking in again. I may have to go in and see these patients to assess their swallow. One of the things that has helped me over the years, and I keep having to be reminded of this, is to just pray. Pray to God to relieve me of my fear, make me strong, to see people and their needs. So I prayed a lot. And the other thing that has really helped me over the years is to plan. My coworker and I set together a plan to train nurses on swallowing screening, and we worked with our coworkers at Queens on Oahu and with our administration here, what PPE, the protective equipment we would need um, to keep us safe. And so doing those things really helped um, relieve my fears and helped me feel secure in terms of seeing patients. We have been incredibly blessed on the Big Island um, in terms of the numbers of COVID-19 that are positive here and also hospitalizations. At Queens North Hawaii, we have not had any patients that needed to be hospitalized. And I think Kona had one patient, but they did not need to be put on a ventilator. So we feel incredibly blessed that we haven't seen the number of patients that were expected. The other big fear that I had through all of this was in going to the hospital, would I bring something home to my family? And so again, those what ifs, what if I got sick? What if Fred got sick? Um, who would take care of the kids? So again, a lot of prayer that God would protect our family and that I would trust in him and a lot of planning. So we have a system when we come home, shoes off, bag at the door, wash your hands, straight to the shower, closing the hamper. So we, again, we've been really blessed that we haven't had any family members that have been sick here on the Big Island. One of the lessons for me through all of this um, has been just to remember to pray, to pray to God for my needs and also just to plan to be smart and use the talents God has given me to serve others. So I'd like to leave you with a scripture. This is in Psalm 34, four. Um, and this was actually the scripture for my baptism tw over 25 years ago. I told you this has been an ongoing struggle. Psalm 34, four, it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So thank you again for letting me share. Keep praying for us as we pray for you. Love you all. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Gary Robertson. This is my wife, Christy, and uh, we lead the Big Island Church of Christ. And we'd just like to say thank you to all of you that have worked hard to make this come together for us to worship God together today. We're excited 
from the Big Island to be able to worship with all of you. And I want to give a special thanks to Alice for getting out of her comfort zone and sharing with us today. Mm -hmm. And to all you frontline people who have worked throughout this pandemic and helped keep all of us safe, we just want to give you a big mahalo. Thanks, honey. So if you want to look in your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 21, just a moment. So how many of you three months ago would have believed that this would become a valuable part of your daily wear? Anyone? Okay. How many of you thought you would be going through boxes of these every day or maybe every month? Uh, how many of you thought this would be a hot ticket item for you to get at Costco? Anyone? Anyone? How many of you brothers thought that um, you would be washing your hands as much as you do now every day? Uh, you know, we probably didn't think about anything like that three months ago. Um, I think that we have adopted these things. These things have become part of our, um, our wardrobe, uh, what we have in the kitchen, what we have in the bathroom. Because of uh, we're very concerned now about uh, our own personal health. You know, no one wants to get the virus. And we're also very cautious about the health of other people. And so that's why we do that. That's why we uh, wear those things, why we make sacrifices. And so we'll be healthy, so other people will be healthy as well. So in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 21, I want to share this because I think there's something else that I want us to be aware of that we want to keep healthy as well. Verse 21, it says, In Him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. One thing that we need to protect right now as much as we need to protect our health and we need to protect the health of other people is our personal holiness. Holiness, uh, the word holy means to be set apart. It means to uh, be separate to be set apart for a certain purpose. And the word itself is used over 560 times in both the Hebrew and Greek. In the entire Bible, it's used 560 times. A lot of those times it's referring to the holiness of God, but a lot of those times it's referring to the holiness of God's children. So during this time, how do we remain holy? I want you to think about three things. First of all, I think you need to realize that you are holy and you need to be grateful that you're holy. When you're baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, confess that Jesus was Lord, then the Holy Spirit came in you and you became a holy temple for the Lord. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Paul wrote, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. We are holy because we're the children of God. A lot of times we think that the only people who are holy are people who are like really devout or super committed, you know, and the word just kind of holy. Uh, a movie I watched a few years ago was entitled The Man Who Would Be King. And it was a story uh, about these two armies that were battling 
uh, somewhere in uh, around India, in the nation of India. And in the middle of the in the middle of the battle, when they were killing one another and you know slaughtering each other, uh, this group of holy men came through and and marched right through the battle. And everyone dropped their swords and quit killing each other and bowed down and worshipped the holy men. And then they you know marched on through the battle. And as soon as they left, and they started killing each other again. And what was interesting about that was that I think a lot of times we think that's who holy people are, very special, very devout, look kind of weird, you know, act kind of weird, but that's not true. Our holiness is who we are. And God wants you to realize that you are holy. Second thing, I think, as we deal with holiness during this pandemic, is we need to, we need to remember that holiness is something that has to be fought for. Holiness must be fought for. What do I mean by that? I mean that we need to be holy in all we do. Over in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, Peter wrote, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Holiness uh, obviously comes to us when the Holy Spirit comes on into us, but also something must be maintained if we're going to be holy. We have to fight for it. Uh, the Hebrew writer wrote, you know, that we should make every effort to be holy. Right now, there's a lot of things that are probably coming into our homes that will try and stop us from being holy. That will be uh, the, uh, a virus, a sinful virus that will harm our holiness. You know, the other day, I, I entered the 21st century the other day, and I downloaded the TikTok app. And the reason I did that is because we have uh, Alice's son, in fact, he does a lot of uh, videos on TikTok, and I just want to see them. And as soon as we turned it on, Christy says, okay, be careful what you see on there, because there's a lot of stuff on there you don't need to be looking at. That wasn't coded language. She, was, she knows me. And... A lot of us, if we're not careful, our holiness can be ruined by just too much Netflix, too much Hulu, too much Amazon Prime, too much TikTok, and it can be ruined. And so even though we're isolated, even though we're in our homes and we may not have a lot of temptations we would normally have when we're outside the home, there's a lot of stuff comes in. So holiness must be fought for. The final thing about holiness that I think the Bible teaches is so clear, and this is for us, is we need to pray for the holiness of one another. You know, we're, we're in a fight here. We're in a, we're in a battle. The, the churches here are working together, and one thing we need to do is we need to pray for each other's holiness. Over in uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, Paul says, and this, this is his prayer, so this is our prayer. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of, of God. You see what Paul said there? Paul said that he was praying that they would be pure and blameless. He was praying that for the Philippians. We need to pray that for each other. I know we've been praying that... Um, uh, that you know, we would be healthy, that the church would be protected from COVID-19 and, and the church has been protected from it uh, a lot. But we also need to pray that we would all remain holy to God. And that 
will forge a unity in us if we're praying for one another. When all this is over with, a lot of people will come outside their doors, uh, both literally and um, I guess you might say symbolically. And there's going to be a lot of strange things that people feel. And if we will be holy people, we can be a shining light to them and we can uh, show them the good news about Jesus and what it means to be holy and how to be holy in God's presence. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming in today and I uh, hope we have a, can you have a great worship service. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Hi, my name is Austin Black and this is the story of my journey towards Christ during the COVID-19 crisis. Eight years ago, I met my beautiful wife Vanessa and we fell madly in love and we both shared this dream of moving to a tropical island and finding community and meeting friends and finding a church and being involved in the church, but it didn't feel possible. We couldn't fathom how we could build a sustainable life and do that. And so we moved to Florida and then we moved to Michigan and then we moved to Minnesota and then we moved to Washington, trying to find our place, trying to find this thing that we were looking for but we just couldn't find it. And then an opportunity arose. Uh, we had an opportunity to go on vacation and meet one of Vanessa's friends on the island of Maui. The first day we arrived on our trip, we met Amanda Sparza. She introduced us to Emily Fairbank. The next day at the beach, randomly as we were walking the beach, Vanessa and I, we saw Emily who then introduced us to Kent and Heather McKean who were on the beach. And they invited us to the church. And then at the grocery store, we met Andrew Fisher and we stood in the cooled vegetable aisle for 30 minutes having just a discussion about things in life and introducing ourselves. We never met Andrew in our life. We never met Kent. We never met Heather. We never met Emily. And yet all these opportunities arose and Andrew invited us to church and we said, we have to do this. We have to go to the church service. And the church service was beautiful, but it wasn't beautiful just because of the message or the beach but it was the church, it was the community, and it was that moment where Vanessa and I said to each other, we have to move here. This is an opportunity that God has presented for us, and we are making the decision to make this happen. We ended up going back to Washington, starting our lives again, starting our work, and then about six months later, an opportunity arose. The perfect house popped up on the market. Interestingly enough, Vanessa was actually here on the island for a week seeing her friend and I was in Sweden and working in Sweden, I remember getting this call from Vanessa after I'd sent her a link to this house and said, honey, go check out this house. She loved it. It was the perfect house. It was in the perfect place. It was close to church. It was close to our friends. It was, had an ocean view. It was the perfect size for us now and for our future family. So out of a step of faith at 2 a.m. in the morning in a hotel room in Sweden. Vanessa, our realtor, mortgage broker, and myself were on a call and Vanessa and I ended up signing for the house. We ended up signing an offer letter and hoping that it got accepted and it did get accepted. And as of January 1st, 2020, we moved to Maui. Now, January and February were fantastic. We got involved in the church. We got to see our friends socialize. It was great. Everything was going great. But then COVID-19 hit and the stay at home order hit and everything got turned on its head. This crisis had drastically evolved and yet opportunities arose. 
I had been studying the Bible with Kent, Quinn, and Andrew for a couple of weeks at that point, and Kent had suggested, hey, why don't we do this Bible study on Zoom? And then our Ohana group, who meets every two weeks, uh, we thought, hey, why don't we host this on Zoom? So we hosted the Ohana group on Zoom. And during this COVID-19 crisis, we have become closer as a church and closer as a group than any time within January and February when I had moved here and we were meeting in person. There was something about this crisis that brought people together. It was an opportunity to get together and have deep discussions and share feelings and share stresses and share opportunities that God was providing. And ultimately, it led to my baptism. Kent had said a number of weeks ago, Austin, have you ever thought about getting baptized? And I had, but I, I just, I didn't know. And so Kent, Quinn, Andrew, and I studied the Bible. We started reading verses about baptism and salvation. And ultimately, I made the decision to get baptized during this COVID-19 crisis. And it was the best decision I've ever made. I ended up getting in that water and a weight was lifted off of me. And I just felt this support and felt closer to God than I had ever felt before. And it actually reminded me of this verse. This verse has really stuck with me. Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I interpret that verse as opportunity. God presents opportunities. He has a path for you. And this COVID-19 crisis has created a lot of opportunities. And it's made people think very creatively about life. And yet, we have the power to make decisions. And I was fortunate to be given the opportunity to move here and be presented with a great church, which is Maui Christian Church, and be presented with the opportunity to get baptized. And I made that decision. And I feel closer to Christ more now than I ever have. And I would encourage everybody here to read Proverbs 3.6 and just think about that. Think about the opportunities that God is presenting in your life and what decisions can you make to get closer to God? Because ultimately, God does know best. God presents opportunities for us that are in our best interests. And it's just up to us to make those decisions to move forward in our journey towards Christ. Aloha, my name is Kent. This is my wife, Heather. And together we serve the Maui Christian Church. And uh, man, it's a pleasure to be worshiping all together as a state this morning. You know, I'm so inspired by Austin's testimony because God used not just the number of us to reach out to him, to share the gospel with him, to baptize him, but again, it wasn't just the building, the worship structure, or any man-made traditions that led him to make Jesus Lord. It was the spirit of truth on mission. It was the word of God, the Bible. Yeah, we are so excited to be a part of this and to share some good news coming from Maui. Uh, you know, when the whole COVID thing started, we really were honestly a little concerned about how we were going to take care of the flock and how we were going to reach people and what was going to happen. And, you know, I love the scripture in Deuteronomy 30, where it says that um, God has placed before us, set before us life and death, blessing and curses. And the admonition there is to choose life. 
And I feel like that is what so many of our members have done in this time. They have really chosen life. They've chosen the blessings. And I just want to encourage you with some of the great things that have been happening here. So right before all of the stay-at-home orders started coming out, um, our daughter, Cadence, was baptized. And that was so encouraging, obviously, for us, but I think for the church as well. Uh, now we have four different teens within our fellowship studying the Bible. And so encouraging, a number of their friends um, from school or, or the neighborhood or people in their life have expressed interest in wanting to study the Bible as well. So that is super encouraging. Also, as you know, Austin got baptized. And we also have another baptism happening this weekend. And that will be your new sister in Christ. And her name is Nicole. And for Nicole, I think it was almost all of her Bible studies were done over Zoom. And through her, she reached out to another friend of hers uh, in California who's been studying the Bible here with some sisters in Maui and has now been connected to the church there in California. Uh, also, we have one of our sisters who you know probably, Bernadette. Um, she has been a faithful single sister for many, many years, and she has just begun dating. So that is really, really exciting. Also, we've had a couple here in the church become engaged during this time, and that is Jared and Candace. So we're going to be having a wedding very soon. Um, also, one of our sisters uh, organized a collection of needed items for the Salvation Army during this time, and many members of our church gave in that way, and that was for the, the families in need here on Maui. It has been so encouraging. So many Zoom get-togethers, so many uh, people meeting. I had a sister text me saying she feels like she's had a spiritual growth spurt during this time and uh, really feels like she's gotten even more connected through the ability to meet online and, uh, and, and connect with people in an even different way. So we are just overwhelmed by the response of the members of our church here in Maui. And we're really excited to see what God's going to do with really all of these new and wonderful things that we've been able to experience. Needless to say, there's a lot of good news going on. Uh, and I'm really excited about this time to be able to talk together, worship together, preach together, and be together on mission. And like my wife was saying, so much good has been happening uh, throughout this togetherness, uh, throughout the islands, throughout the world in a lot of ways. And I remember I lived in New York City during 9-11 when the Twin Towers were hit. And in New York City, people are pretty independent. Like we lived next to people and on top of people and below people, but we kind of did our own thing. But when 9-11 happened, wow. There was a togetherness. Some people kind of ran in fear. Other people kind of stayed where they were. But most people just decided we're coming together because we are on mission, not only just to survive, but how can we be together and thrive and renew this oneness that we had as a nation? And I think that sometimes, sometimes we do things the same way for a long time. And there can be comfort and there can be goodness in tradition. But sometimes when our mission is on autopilot, it takes some turbulence 
to get us to become more alert, to get us to actually take charge and change. And I believe that these last 10 weeks have been just that. They've been a reawakening in one sense where we realize just how powerfully God's Spirit can work in us and can really ground us when everything else seems to be chaotic. We're not just aimless. We are empowered. We're not limited by walls in our churches. We're limitless by the Spirit. Anthony talked about together in Christ. Gary talked about together in holiness. And I'm continuing in Ephesians in verse 22, preaching about together in mission. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22 says, And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. The kingdom of God on earth, his church, exists by mission, on mission, for mission. How do we exist by mission? We exist by mission for relationship because God breathed life into us and Jesus gave us his spirit. His mission was to come to earth, show us what life to the full really is, how to have a relationship with the Father, and then he died. So that we too could raise to a new life with his mission. We, together, exist by mission. And we as a church are together on mission. Because we're living an adventure. You know, this isn't just the same old life. And if it is, then I challenge you to check the truth behind your Christianity. Because... Following Jesus is not the same old, same old. Following Jesus as a disciple is anything but mundane. Jesus was on the move with a plan. But that plan to help, to heal, to preach, his life was ever flowing. From traveling from one town and then another person in need and another training opportunity, walking on water. You know, Jesus was doing water sports with his buddies. He was feeding the 5,000, sharing meals together, hiking and camping in the mountains, the transfiguration, prayer walks, deep talks, impromptu hangouts, appearing to the disciples after he had risen. Jesus was on mission. And it wasn't about the place. It wasn't about the gathering. It was about the spirit. In John 4, verse 21, it says, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when we will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in Spirit and in truth. And the apostles, you know, they were visiting the surrounding churches. They were baptizing. They were preaching. They were spreading the good news. Even when threatened by pain, even when threatened by hardship or death, that can be us. They had no building, no permanent place of worship because the spirit is on mission. I have Jesus. I have true life. 
I have the risen Messiah. I have God's spirit inside of me, surrounding me. What an amazing life. I get to live on mission, ever-changing, ever-transforming, and ever-growing. And we, the church, are together for mission. We all know Matthew 28, the Great Commission, right? To go and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. And nowhere in that passage does it talk about the church building or certain types of worship services because the mission is really about connecting people to God. It's really about the Spirit moving in one individual and bearing fruit from within, growth, transformation, and bearing fruit through multiplying the Spirit by making disciples. And man, this has been a time to band together, to reevaluate, to reclaim our mission as individuals and as a church together. And I believe that we have come together. I believe that we are closer than maybe we ever were physically because we realize that we are on mission in the spirit. I love that Nick and Shelly from Oahu have been hosting these weekly online teen events and devotionals. It's super cool. Not only have they helped us connect in our teens, but we've got teens that have friends in South Africa from Saudi Arabia. My nephew is on there because of the church being able to connect in this way. I love that the singles ministries from across the globe are meeting online to encourage one another. I love that our Ohana groups have Zoom meetups and that we get to strengthen each other in the faith. I love that we can study the Bible with others through FaceTime, through phone calls. And I love that we can worship online together and reach even more people on YouTube. (laughs) And as my wife shared, God is moving. We are gathering together in spirit online. We are helping lost souls transform through the word. And the church is expanding with fruit. Let's remember that when we are apart, perhaps stuck at home, we can always be together in Christ, together in holiness, together in mission. And I'm going to close in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. It says, but we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life together on mission.